Are you ready to take your writing to the next level? Then welcome to the Book Editor Show. Join Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley each week as they teach you all the tips, tools, and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market. Visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books, and extras to make your old novel better than ever. Now, please welcome Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley. Welcome to the Book Editor Show. Today, we're discussing mystery, tension, and conflict. I'm Clark Chamberlain, and under the streets of London is a network of tunnels. And in one of these tunnels, science discovered something very interesting. They found a man living on the written word of fiction alone. That man is my friend and co-host, Peter Turley. Peter, how are you doing today? (laughs) I love that juicy... uh wordy sustenance oh that's, that's what I, I know it's a good one though <laughs> you know that and the dreams of small children kind of keeps me going <laughs> yes i hear that those are quite delicious so <laughs> i um, um i i ended up crushing a young man's dreams about uh, a month ago <laughs> so he was a local high school student who was doing a a project his senior project on like doing a novel submission and wanted to go through the process. Well, I haven't heard back from him since I sent him the letter talking about why I would be rejecting his book. So <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You know, it, keep, it keeps you going, doesn't it? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's energizing, you know, the <laughs> crushing of dreams and yeah, you know, just like, look, you're really bad. No, I'm having a bad day. You're having a bad day. That's right. <laughs> I felt really bad. I, I've reached out to him a couple more times since then, but haven't heard back from him. So I, I hope he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you're listening, just let us know that you know you've, you've took it. You've took it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's just it's a first draft. Everyone's first drafts suck. We can and we move, we move on. We move forward. That's yeah. what editing's about. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's why we exist. That is why we exist. So, hey, so how are you doing? We haven't talked for a while. Good. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a nice positive start to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I crushed someone's dreams once. <laughs> um, I'm really good. Yeah, I've been um, been been really busy with the uh, studies, sort of coming to the end of the the year at the minute. Um, so that's that's been a slog. Um, yeah. So just that really. This especially this week, um, burning the candle at both ends. So how about, what, how about you? Uh, doing really well. The Hank Hudson and the Anubis is just about to the point where we can, um, well, just about to the finished point, and then we'll put together galleys and uh, and then also both electronic and print version, trying to get um, some initial reviews done before we do the release. So we're going to give it, you know, like 70 days in between the two to try to drum those up. I understand that it is my book, but it is some of the best writing I've done. Like, and I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself, <laughs> if I do say so myself, I understand. I'm coming at it from a lot of bias, but uh, but I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fun project. So, <laughs> well, I'll I'll write you a letter and tell you that it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So, and and I have a different colored shirt just in case uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, you're I only listening. It. <laughs> yeah, he's got a blue, he's got a blue shirt. I think this is the first time in what o- over a year, yes. year and a half, that uh-huh. I've seen you in, in anything but a blue polo. 
Yes, because uh, black Wait, is my black polo. See, yeah. you've messed with my mind already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the the black polo, you know, that's like my my author's uniform, and uh, they were sold out when I went to go pick up some new ones, and I needed some <laughs> new shorts. So <laughs> I had bought them all already. Yeah, because I I always want to have that closet, you know, that you see in those television shows or cartoons where they're all the exact same outfit. You know, yes. that's me. <laughs> yes, many successful people do that. So you know, start with the wardrobe, and uh, and build outwards into your life. That's right. That's what it's all about. So you got to have somewhere to start a dream. I did sort of think that um, you were you were like Clark's alter ego. Ah, yeah. So I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I should do it without the glasses and part my hair on the other side, and then yes. uh... and then talk further about crushing people's dreams. <laughs> Clark's evil twin. Evil twin. I could use an evil twin sometimes, I think. Or at least an evil twin to blame stuff on. <laughs> so, well, you could do the stuff anyway and blame it on the twin. But you that's know, just true. Put, put that top on. Uh-huh. <laughs> that no, can no, be no. your left or right in top. <laughs> oh, good Charles stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, today, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to be doing the show. I apologize to our listeners again. Um, we've just, we haven't gotten back into the flow of things yet. And we will. We will get back to where we're doing this every single week. Um, <clears throat> so today is going to be one that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to talk about mystery and tension uh, and conflict. And this is kind of in preparation for a course that we're going to be putting on with the same name. Or not the same name, but the same topics. A similar name, similar name, See, that this, unknown this, name at this time. This this is the we're creating mystery as to what what will it be called? Yes, <laughs> we don't and, want to just uh, come right out with it, you know, no. <laughs> and break every rule we've ever, we've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so so hopefully today you're going to get uh, some good stuff here because um, one of the things that I've learned. And I think that if you're a longtime listener of the show, you certainly have learned that, that there's not one element here that you can leave behind. You know, like the plot's important and character development's important. And honestly, mystery, tension, and conflict, if these are absent, your story really does fall flat. A great character uh, can't, sometimes a great character can't even exist without the tension and conflict. But let's say you had that and leave the mystery behind, you're still going to be missing a big piece that's, that can immediately engage a reader to continue forward with your book. Yeah, these are these are the um, the the not the elements of a story, but the the elements of a good story. Because <laughs> you know we can we can have a story like someone went somewhere for something, they had a goal, they either achieved it or they didn't, and that that's sort of like so so what? Like who really cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and it's these it's these ingredients that you really want to get down in the writing and in and in the editing probably more in the editing because as we'll get to um that's that's when you can really think about making this stuff work right and it certainly is where you especially on the mystery element um through your story you can gauge out are you revealing enough information at the right time um you know what are you holding back is it right to hold it back here and that's where you need to have that completed manuscript to get the bird's eye view so that you can go through it and put together the mystery in the best places possible um 
I think maybe we should probably start here. Let's let's just do some basic description. So, what is mystery? <laughs> you know, mystery <laughs> is <laughs> definitely <a> right. Line. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> it is a mystery to come up with this. So, um, you may immediately think, well, I don't write mysteries. I, I don't do cozy detective mystery novels. Why would I want to have mystery in my book? Well, mystery needs to exist in all story because mystery is just that element that keeps the reader curious and turning the page to wonder what's going on. So it's the difference between tossing a ton of backstory in and versus giving just a tiny piece of the backstory and let the backstory unfold throughout the, throughout the remainder of the piece. And this is mystery that's being caused here. People are curious about why this situation has occurred. Yeah, and it can be so tempting, especially in the, the writing process, to, to because you've come up with a great backstory, a great story, great characters, and you want to like just sing about it and tell it all and get it all down on paper. And actually, like that's the wrong thing to do. But I think that um, in in regard to that, a great uh, tip is to is to know know the ending, know the backstory. Um, Preferably before you even start writing, but especially when you, you know, you're, you're editing, um, because the more you know, the more you'll be able to kind of work things in your favor, put things in the right place, foreshadow uh, certain things. Um, so I, th I think yeah, no, knowing your story for for this one's a, a great tip. Yeah, absolutely. For mystery, you really got to understand it. Now, in in my classes, uh, my students get confused between the next two, and that's the conflict and the tension. So I like to explain it in this way. Um, tension is that inner feeling that uh, that a character has um, because of the conflict involved. So getting back to Michael Bay, I can't leave an episode without talking about Michael Bay at some point. So Michael Bay's Transformers <laughs> <laughs> is conflict, 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 and yet there's no tension involved because it doesn't seem to be connected that anyone cares why this conflict is taking place. So the tension would be like adding and ratcheting up the inner feelings and emotions of the characters and giving deep emotional concern for it of the conflict that's happening. Yeah, I think they are quite easily uh, confusable. Confusable, confusable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but but they are they are different. Um, and I think any any time you into um, any time you I just can't think about. It. See, it's it's the blue top. <laughs> um, I just I can't look at it. <laughs> Uh, introduce anytime you introduce it came as soon as you left the shop <laughs> anytime you introduce um, a change uh, to the character's lives or world i think it creates tension um you know when you when you disrupt the status quo which is you're going to do early on in the novel but anytime you make any kind of change to the situation it can it can build upon this tension Yes, absolutely. And the conflict side of this. So I, I like to, I think this is a great one here. This is a, this is a little story that I kind of created in class to, to describe these three things. So in the United States, we have the, the holiday Thanksgiving, you know, where family all comes around. So let's say that we have a husband and wife that are going to be hosting Thanksgiving. And the husband just finds out that his wife invited his father. Who he's, who he's estranged with, but we don't know why he's estranged. 
That's the first thing we've added mystery. Now we also have conflict added there between the husband and the wife because he's upset that he's coming. So the father shows up and we immediately have tension between the two of them. Conflict doesn't necessarily have to exist between the two of them because of that tension. But at some point in that meal, something blows up and creates a larger conflict between the two. And then perhaps we've introduced and, and uh, we've found a little bit more mystery out about it and why this conflict and tension has been there. So I think that's kind of a, a, an easy way to put it out. You know, that a conflict is an action. Attention is the inner feeling of it. The mystery is the solving it as it goes along. Yeah. And these things like work together. So, you know, having the, the, the mystery of why he's estranged can, can then compound uh, the, the tension and, and build the tension. Yeah, because um, the mystery is certainly, you can do two things. If you're after dramatic irony, you can have the mystery be that the character doesn't know what's going on and the character's trying to understand it while the reader does. But it works better when the reader doesn't understand it. And the reason why is we have that in it, we have that curiosity in our minds. Like that's just a natural thing for humanity is that we are curious about what's going to happen. So the more mystery we keep into the piece, we'll keep the reader turning the page because they want to know what happens. Yeah. And, and dialogue's a, a great place to do this. Um, mm -hmm. If you're having a conversation between two people and there's an inherent tension there, um, you know, um, there's a dialogue, you know, he's questioning sort of why he's come down or that he you mentioning that he hasn't seen them in so long. And there's kind of like a subtext of the basically saying like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then you, you're wondering, yeah, like what, what, like why are they, why is there a tension here? And dialogue's just like a really fertile ground to, um, to introduce tension and to have characters say things that they're not saying um, and to get the reader questioning it. Like, like you, uh, you just said yourself, Clark. Yeah. And, and uh, the one thing you want to be aware of or be careful of with the uh, dialogue is that you're not making it sound clunky. So it wouldn't be, well, you remember when this happened on this day with my father and why <laughs> I'm upset with him. <laughs> it, they don't need to do that. You know, like you can just throw in a place and a time if you needed to. Um, I think it's really great uh, in the movie Avengers between um, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye. And there's this little line about Budapest in there. He's like, is this like yes. Budapest? You know, no, this is nothing like Budapest or something like that. But all they do is just mention Budapest. You know, we don't know what happened in Budapest, but it adds a mystery element to it. And you wonder what we'll happened. We'll always have Budapest. Yeah, we'll always have Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those ones can be fun. Um, but yeah, like be aware of... of becoming really clunky in your dialogue by making it sound like, why don't these characters know what each other are talking about? <laughs> yeah. It, it sort of slips into a uh, just pure exposition. Mm -hmm. So um, what other mystery elements do you like to add when you're going through your editing process, Peter? Mystery. Yes. Um, so back to mystery. Um, red herrings, I think. Um, and well, I think there's, not so much one of the same, uh, but also clues. And that's why I say sort of for mystery, it's out of the three, probably the most important to know the ending and know how the story is going to unfold. Because when you're going back through the editing process and you really want a payoff in a particular chapter to have the, the, the resonance that you want, you need to go back and plant the clues. Um, perhaps you want to 
um, you know, introduce the the culprit um, early on in the story. Uh, I know in uh, the first Harry Potter, um, you know, you meet uh, Professor Quirrell, the bad guy, spoiler. <laughs> if you've not what? read Harry Potter, then what? Just, <laughs> we, don't listen to the show. We don't want you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm only joking. Keep listening. <laughs> yeah, you, you meet him really early on, don't you? Um, yeah. And I think things like that, you know, we, if if you got to sort of like the last chapter and at the beginning of that chapter, the, a new character was introduced and then you found out that they were the villain, that'd be really disappointing. Um, you, you sort of want to have had them on the periphery throughout the whole thing. And there's been clues, there's been red herrings, maybe you thought it was someone else. And, you know, if you can do this in the writing process, great. But these are things to really be refined in the editing process that help build mystery. Yeah, that that is an excellent example. I you know I think those is like the Scooby Doo ending, you know the you know they pull the mask <laughs> off of the character, you know because as a kid you're watching these shows and and there are some clues but there is absolutely no way to put it together and you want it. <laughs> you want it's always the guy in the suit of armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me wonder why, you know, like the, the governments don't get involved and hire these bad guys to create these amazing tech. It's uh, <laughs> always blown away with <laughs> the ability of these villains in Scooby-Doo. But um, <laughs> seriously, though, with Scooby-Doo endings, you know, like you've got to be able to look back at your work and, and yes, you have the red herrings, have things thrown off. But when you're the reader and you look back, you're like, oh, yeah, that is really the only way that this could have happened. Why didn't I see it back there? Yeah. It's, it's like, um, I think we've said this before, it's believable, but um, sorry, surprising, uh, but inevitable. Yes, surprising, but inevitable. That the choices that are made, we do give characters choices. But at the end, really, honestly, there really was only one choice that could be made throughout the book. Um, another thought with this, uh, like Peter was saying, you know, the, the coming to that last chapter and having a character introduced and having it thrown out, that is not a good plot twist. You know, that is such poor writing. And um, you don't want to have... What's that? Unedited. <laughs> and yeah, and, uh, and on the same token, you don't want to have a narrator that lies to the audience, you know, to the readership. Um, because when you get to the end and you're like, oh, but it was just a lie. Like they, you know, they just deliberately pointed me towards these lies. So that's where you have to be very careful with this, you know? And um, I don't know if we've ever talked about the different types of narrators, the honest, the biased and the, the lying narrator, but that lying narrator is so difficult to use with mystery um, because if you've lied throughout the entire thing and we don't know that we have a lying narrator, then we really feel disappointed at the end. And even if you've identified early on that your narrator does lie, it can still, it, it'll just leave them questioning so much all the way through. So it's dangerous. If you want to take it as a challenge to make a great one, take it, but uh, keep, think about it. Think about it before you use that as a technique. Yeah, it can, it can, it can be useful, but yeah, it's a really tough one to do. I think of, over here, we, we say um, the unreliable narrator. Um, so, for example, if it was a person um, that was in the story, say say there's a framing story and someone's sort of telling something that had happened, so then it, it goes back and then tells the story. And this person who's narrating the story was part of the story, 
then you could almost class that as uh, unreliable or a, li or a lying narrator because you're just getting their side of it. It's not this omniscient, you know, godlike, Tolkien-esque, you know, I know everything that's going on and I'm giving you just the whole truth, like Morgan Freeman voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone that was there and, you know, they might have a, a motive in the story that they're telling. Um, powerful things, but yeah, very tough. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and this and this is not supposed to be about narrators, but uh, I'll say one more <laughs> thing about narrators. We'll move on to tension. Um, the first person is always a biased narrator at the very least. You know, that first person narration because it's all told from that person's point of view. So just like Peter's saying, that person's going to come. They're going to be unreliable, and so, but they can't lie. That's what I'm just trying to get at. Is you don't want to have it be a lie. You know that you can you can put stuff out there that makes them question. You can point them in the wrong directions, but to straight out lie to your reader and then tell them it was something else at the end, it's just dangerous. So so instead of the cliched, um, and then it was all a dream, it's and yes. then it was all one big lie. <laughs> yes, because that is. Who shot JR? No. So uh, <laughs> exactly. So let's get on to tension. We'll have to do a show all about narrators. That'd be fun. So. Um, but let's get on to tension. And I think tension is, um, can be one of the most difficult portions to get right with, uh, and because it'll, it makes you have to get in deeper into your character and kind of almost put it into a, a deep point of view character so that we can really experience that tension. Um, cause tension exactly like it is like what we're saying. Um, if you haven't watched the movie, the walk, I highly recommend it. And this is about the guy who wanted to um, do a tightrope walk between the Twin Towers back, like you think, in the 1960s or 70s. Um, this movie has so much tension in it while things are happening. And that, like, I was actually, like, on the edge of my seat, just so concerned and worried, because that's what we want to do. This tension is what we want to create, this worry and we're unsure of what's going to happen. And we do that when we can really see that the character is unsure of what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I think you're really right in the, um, it is, uh, I've not seen that. I do need to see that, by the way. You do. I did see, I saw the documentary um, where, with, where he did it. Um, and that, that was crazy. That was yeah. really crazy. But yeah, need, need to see the movie. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's really, it's character focused, isn't it? It's really down in the, in the gutter level of like character desires and you know i think strong strong characters can e equals like strong tension you know characters that are really really vivid you know the um they're, they're expressing what they want they're expressing the, the goals clearly um and you know they're gonna they're gonna rub up against stuff yeah Exactly. And tension can come into a lot of different parts. Tension can become between different characters. Tension can come from the conflict that we've placed them in. Um, tension can come from the mystery involved. Um, so there's a lot of places that we can do this, making sure that we're properly showing that tension. So this is just an example. Okay. So if we have, uh, if we're doing like a thriller type movie or a thriller book and, um, We've got the character pinned down and he's being shot at or, or in a car chase and he just seems completely calm and like doesn't care about it at all. 
where's the tension? Like, how is the audience going to know that this is something that they should even be concerned about if we don't feel that tension? Now, maybe, maybe that the character is such a James Bond type spy that this is old hat and not a big deal. Then we need to add something else that the tension needs to um, increase. Maybe if he's delayed because of this car chase, he's not going to get to the person that he loves to save them in time. Something of that nature. But something has to happen so that we feel some tension here that the character is experiencing. Yeah, I think it comes back to sort of what we were saying earlier about um, there's got to be a change, there's got to be a disruption. So as you say, you know, if they're doing something that they're, that they're used to, even if it would be a tense situation for us, you have to disrupt that somehow in a way that puts this this character and when i say strong character i mean um vivid and three-dimensional and you know really fleshed out um that puts them at, at odds with their surroundings um and you know in a gunfight he might not necessarily be at great odds but when he's got say without spoiling okay no with spoiling some movies <laughs> <laughs> probably every james bond movie actually when, the, when you've got like a minute to <laughs> before a building explodes um and you know he's either got time to like save himself or save the girl you know and those kind of choices he's at odds then with his surroundings in and, and now that's tense <laughs> you know yeah and, and these yeah. there are other me methods you know like i mean the the ticking time bomb is a, is a great kind of like plot metaphor as well. But um, yeah, putting them in direct, direct odds with what's going on around them. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's one way that you can do this and you can add tension if you're having trouble. But we've talked about tension like in a thriller. We've talked about tension in an action. So what about tension in a romance? You know, tension can still exist in, in romances. It absolutely should because the the basis of a romance is that two people can't be together. And so there should be a lot of tension <laughs> coming along in romance. Um, you see, there's not one genre that you shouldn't have loads of tension in. And that's just, this is what you've got to become really good at to make sure that you're projecting this tension around in every situation. Um, if you remember, we did a, a show about scene and sequels, um, Dwight Swain's motivational reaction units. And one of the things that's in there is this feeling, right, that they have to make a choice. And so if we're not worried about the choices that they're making, if they don't feel the tension between the two choices that they have to make to move forward, then we're losing them. Like it just, I don't know how to say this in a, in a way that makes any more sense than that. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen to the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, that's, that's a great point that this has, there are ways and there are methods you can use to do this in every genre. And um, just to touch on a, a couple, perhaps like say romance, like you, you say there, I think, you know, things like, um, well, th this goes for many genres, but, you know, twists, uh, plot twists or um, secrets. You know, if a, if a character has a secret and they're keeping it from another character, particularly in a romance, that could create tension. Um, and, you know, especially if, if as the reader starts to realize that a character might have a secret and that it would drastically affect their relationship with another character, then, you know, you already start to feel a little tense about it. Because mm -hmm. I think, uh, so we said before about uh, dramatic irony, um, that, that, that idea that you know something that the, the character doesn't know as the reader. It's kind of like being in that horror film, right? And you know that if they go in there, that's where the, 
that's where the killer's at. <laughs> so if you, you know that they that this person has the secret and that uh, that that if they find out, it's going to ruin everything. And how how much does that amp your tension up? I mean, that's that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, you, you see point. you see the killer in in a house, and you're like, okay, yeah, the killer's stalking around a house. And then you, there's a scene where the, the protagonist is driving home and then you clicks and you're like, oh, that's their house and they're oh. going to get there and they're, they're going to be there. Then it, it all starts to... And then plot twist, Clark actually likes blue t-shirts and then bam. Bam. It blows it out the water. Yep. Mind is blown. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, let's, let's move on to some conflict here. I think maybe I should just take a break real quick and just throw something on. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so conflict is what's going to be caused from the outer and inner problems, from the plot problems that are solved and the additional troubles that we're throwing on them to the inner problems that the, the main characters are dealing with. And of course, always making those problems worse. So this is where we're going to come across a lot of conflict situations where tension will happen, where mystery could happen and conflict takes place. Yeah. I th um, and having, um, for, for, for good conflict, the your characters have to have, well, I hate sort of absolutes, should have. It helps if they have. <laughs> I'm going to be diplomatic now. Your, your, uh, your blue t-shirt's having a calming effect. <laughs> I'm over the agitation. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go throw this away at the end of the show. I'm done. <laughs> it's took center stage here today. <laughs> I bet you put it on your thought. Yeah, you won't even notice. It'll be fine. I won't even notice it. <laughs> um, it helps if if your characters have clear goals, um, because as soon as, a, as someone has a goal, then there's room uh, for conflict. Yeah, that's a great point. And if we think, if you want to use a different word for conflict, we could call it drama, um, that your story really can't exist without No, we can't. You really can't have it without it. Um, someone asked me, so this is a few weeks ago in the short story class, you know, they're like, well, what if I wanted to tell us a story about a family going to, a, to the beach? I was like, well... There better be a damn shark going to eat somebody on that beach. Something better have, something better happen, you know? <laughs> because it's just it, something where nothing happens in a story. It just feels. Why am I reading it? Why am I bothering if there's not something that's taking place? If there's not some drama. There's not some conflict happening. There's not these things happening that we are putting into place to make me feel a little bit on edge. Because I want to go to escape to a book to be on edge so I can come back and be able to deal with my normal life. Yeah. And it's great if you know you've got a setting like a beach um, and you can kind of like juxtapose that with, you know, it's a, that's a really tranquil, fun, loving place. And, you know, there's a shark there or there's a killer there or not that it, they have to be like this. Or, you know, say, say romance, say, um, you know, suddenly um, the, the, um, the husband or the wife sees like another uh, another an ex-partner of the person they're with and it creates a conflict um you know something has to happen when you get there and you know these settings can be really really good places to to have conflict because it almost seems out of place um but yeah it can't <laughs> the, the setting can't be the be all and end all of the story 
Yeah. And this is one of the things that you can look at now with your manuscript. You've got it all laid out. You're doing your bird's eye and you're looking at each of the scenes and you're saying, is there any conflict in this scene? Well, if there's not any conflict in this scene, what is it that this scene is doing here? Um, so those, especially transition scenes, this is a good place where you can say, all right, I either need to add conflict to this transition scene or get rid of it. And by transition, I mean that we're, we're traveling between two different places. We're moving in time between two different places. For some reason, I, a lot of authors work that I read, they feel it necessary to stay in that close scene between the transitions when really point A something cool is happening in point B or point C, something cool is happening, the, the transition in point B is not working. And so either that you add conflict to it, add tension to it, add mystery to it, or you remove it. Like that, I think you can honestly do this with every single scene. You look, is there mystery, is there tension, is there conflict? If there's not, why is it there? Yeah, and if you can answer that question, then there can still be arguments made for it being there, but definitely, Yes, it's definitely a question to be asked, and you better have an answer. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't, we're coming over. <laughs> and we're, I'm going to have a black top on, and Cloud's going to have a blue top on. <laughs> You're you going to be so freaked out. Yeah, you are. <laughs> it's going to be over. So... Um, <laughs> So all of these, all of these, I think, really can be pretty simple when you think about it, the mystery, the conflict, and the tension. But there's a lot more to these than this. And uh, we're going to be going into more depth of this with our course um, because each one of these actually has a three-part segment to it. You know, with, uh, for instance, mystery. You know, mystery moves into curiosity and then explanation. And so, like, each one of these is going to take place on different levels. So there's a lot to it. And I know that in a, in a short period like we've got on the show today, we can't cover every single thing. But I hope that we're giving you something so that you can go through and take a look at the basics. Do I have mystery? Do I have tension? Do I have conflict? Definitely. Um, yeah. You know, we, this, this is like we've, we've been kind of wanting to do this show for a while because of how important it is. Like you say, it has, it's integral to every scene. So this is, you know, we wanted to do it justice. And when we started talking about how we were going to do it, we, we realized just how integral it is. And, you know, that's why we wanted to kind of put the course together and put something really, really useful and valuable. But as we say, I hope that this, this is really covering kind of the basics and, you know, that it's allowing you to kind of listen to the show and go away and, you know, just, make a brief little checklist to help you when you're looking over things. Yeah. And this works not just with the scenes. This also works with the characters. You know, if you, if you have uh, multi-dimensional characters, they, they should have one of these elements about them, you know, that they cause conflict, that they have tension in their life, that they are the mystery, you know, something like that, that you can take a look and say, well, you know what? I'm trying to make this person be multidimensional. Um, I've had beta readers come back and say, I'm just not feeling this with this character. Well, that could be a time to go in and see if you've added enough tension in their life. They've got conflict going on in the story. Um, if, they, they're that, if they're that key to mystery, you know, that they're, they're the ones who makes your protagonist wonder, oh, what's going to happen next? Should I continue asking him about this, you know, because it's kind of personal or something like that. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. It's, I, I love writing and editing and just this 
all this stuff. There's so much stuff you can do. And I, I know that it kind of feels overwhelming sometimes, but you just got to dig in and do it. Yeah. And, and that's just it. There are these t- tools and techniques that, you know, they're not kind of a magic bullet to, to kind of fix anything, but the, the, they are there to be used. And, you know, it's, it, it does really help when you, when you, when you think about this stuff and like you say, you know, you can kind of think, um, about it with plot or with characters. I mean, you you opened your wardrobe this morning and thought, you know, <laughs> which t-shirt is gonna is gonna invoke mystery, tension, and conflict to today's it's, show. It's the blue one. <laughs> That's the one that does it. <laughs> so anything in your life really can can, can invoke these uh, these aspects. <laughs> That's Thank how you. Important. <laughs> and. <But> I, <laughs> I did. I did want to say just uh, another <laughs> real tip um, that uh, that I missed off. Um, if you do find that you you sort of you're having a scene and there's a bit of exposition going on, um, you know, characters are kind of just giving away a bit of backstory or details, and it's it's bogging it down. This can actually be a moment to use to your advantage. Um, whenever there's exposition going on, there's room for another character to disagree with what's being said you know you if you've just got one character talking and another character agreeing that's a, that's potentially a, a bit of a boring scene mm-hmm. um and you know you can use exposition as as actually an opportunity um to introduce conflict i just wanted that's to throw excellent. that in there <laughs> no, that's a good one to end it off on um over the next few weeks peter and i are going to be finishing the course um putting it together and then we'll be letting everybody know about it here on uh, the book editor show and then all of our own, uh, all of our other channels that we've got as well. So we hope that uh, to see you in the course, I think it'll be a lot of fun when it comes together. So, well, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, a plus on Google or a like on YouTube. And if you're an editor who'd like to be a guest on the show or an author who'd like us to edit a part of your work live on air, stop by the book and drop us an email. I'm Clark Chamberlain. And for my co-host, Peter Turley, keep writing, keep learning and build a better book. Thank you for listening and come back next week for more. Please visit the book for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show.